found my place. Join me in the prayer of illumination. God of wisdom, you promise to give your spirit to those who ask. Overwhelm us with your word that we may know you more fully, love you more passionately, and follow you more closely. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our first reading is Psalm 138. I give thanks to you with all my heart, Lord. I sing your praise before all other gods. I bow toward your holy temple and thank your name for your loyal love and faithfulness because you have made your name and word greater than everything else. On the day I cried out, you answered me. You encouraged me with inner strength. Let all the earth's rulers give thanks to you, Lord, when they hear what you say. Let them sing about the Lord's ways, because the Lord's glory is so great. Even though the Lord is high, God still sees the lowly. God keeps God's distance from the arrogant. Whenever I am in deep trouble, you make me live again. You send your powers against my enemy's wrath. You save me with your strong hand. The Lord will do all of this for my sake. Your faithful love lasts forever, Lord. Don't let go of what your hands have made. Holy wisdom, holy word, Before I read our gospel reading, um, the sermon title in your bulletin turns out to be wrong. Uh, Sermon titles reveal themselves to me often at the end, not at the beginning. I strive, I wrestle with them, like, this is what it's going to be, and then you finish it and go, that's not what it is. Um, And so it's actually Tomorrow's Bread is the name of our uh, message for today. Our gospel reading is from Luke chapter 11, the first 13 verses. Listen to the word of the Lord. Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Jesus told them, when you pray, say, Father, uphold the holiness of your name. Bring in your kingdom. Give us the bread we need for today. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who has wronged us. And don't lead us into temptation. He also said to them, Imagine that one of you has a friend, and that you go to that friend in the middle of the night. Imagine saying, Friend, loan me three loaves of bread. Because a friend of mine on a journey has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. Imagine further that he answers from within the house, Don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. 
I assure you that even if he wouldn't get up to help because of his friendship, he will get up and give his friend whatever he needs because of his friend's brashness. And I tell you, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Everyone who asks receives. Whoever seeks finds. To everyone who knocks, the door is opened. Which father among you would give a snake to your child if the child asked for a fish? If a child asked for an egg, what father would give the child a scorpion? If you, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. Lord of gifts, share with us a hunger for the bread of your kingdom. Give to us a yearning impatience with injustice. Free us from clinging to debts gone bad. Teach us to pray with honesty in words filled with earth and lit by desire. Through Jesus Christ, our Jubilee. Amen. Lord, teach us how to pray. I want to share with you this morning a personal story of prayer, which for me is the most powerful, transformative encounter in prayer that I have ever had. Pregnancy, giving birth, Caring for our son Asher in his first years of life was very difficult on Sarah's body. Uh, She has rheumatoid arthritis, and that meant throughout the whole pregnancy and then the entire time that she was nursing, she could not be on any arthritis medication at all. And that meant for more than two years, her joints were inflamed. And as a result of that, she ended up having knee surgery to help repair some of the damage that had taken place during her pregnancy and during Asher's first year of life. And many of you know the difficulty, the long road that is rehab after surgery on your joints. And several months into Sarah's rehab, we began to worry that her surgery had simply failed. At that time, I was leading a book group with a a group of uh, young men at the church that I was ministering at, and we had just finished a chapter in the book where the author had taught about the personal nature of prayer. And he wrote about how he had been out in the woods with a friend, and they split up to spend private time alone in the woods in prayer. And when they reunited after a time apart, The author's friend came and had a a deer antler in his hands and said he had discovered this while he was out in the woods and had received it as a gift of God's love to him. Now, the author said that he was pleased for his friend, but on the inside he was actually quite angry with God. See, apparently finding antlers had been a meaningful part of the author's prayer life in the past, and so he felt slighted that he had not found an antler of his own. Now, I'll admit to you, when I read this story then, and as I'm recounting it to you now, 
it seems rather silly to me. Why would the God of the universe care about someone finding an antler? Doesn't God have more important prayers to attend to than that? It seemed like a, a selfish prayer beneath the dignity of an adult to ask for. Well, as the story went on, the author went back to his vehicle, and as he was about to approach the vehicle, he stumbled on a 10-point antler from a buck. And upon receiving this gift, he felt as though God was saying to him, do you think that I don't care about what you want? Do you think that I don't know what you need? Now, as we talked about this in our small group, I told them, as their pastor, that I had no faith whatsoever that God would ever do anything like that for me. I simply did not believe that God would ever do something so outlandish or personal on my behalf. Now, this group of friends were gracious to me, and they knew about how much Sarah had been struggling at home, and so they said, well, then why don't we pray that God gives you an antler experience, that God might grant you an outlandish personal sign of love. And inside, I didn't want to pray for this because I knew it wouldn't come true. But they prayed for me, and I prayed that God might do the same, having little or no faith that this prayer would be answered. I often hear Christians say things like, I believe in the power of prayer. And whenever people say this to me, I just I wonder what it is they mean when they say this. Atheists often point out that a God who answers certain prayers while ignoring others is problematic. And they're right. Are we to believe that God answers the prayers of a certain man in the forest looking for an antler while ignoring atrocities like war and starvation or the Holocaust? And if God does that, what does that say about God? Well, the truth is, I don't fully understand prayer. I don't think anyone does. Those disciples of Jesus certainly didn't either, which is why they ask, Lord, teach us to pray. Interestingly, this is the only time in the Gospels where anyone asks Jesus to teach them anything. And they don't ask for a lesson in theology or ethics They don't ask for um, a session on how to strategically grow their organization. They simply say, we want to know how to pray. And so Jesus gives them this prayer that we have come to call the Lord's Prayer. Now, as we were reading Luke's version, you probably noticed that's a little shorter than the one we usually pray. That's right, because the one we pray is Matthew's version but it's essentially the same prayer. So Jesus invites us to address God as Father, which is an inherently personal word. Uh, Whether you have a good relationship with your father, if you've had a strained one, however your father treated you, I can pretty much guarantee this, you took it personally. 
That's how God, Jesus invites us to address God in personal, relational terms, to trust that we are known personally, that our needs, our joys, our heartbreaks matter to God. So for some people, uh, referring to God as Father is difficult, and so they instead prefer to use the word mother or parent. And I don't think the gender matters at all. What matters is keeping it personal. See, we don't pray to the force, do we? Or to electromagnetism. We pray to a divine parent who cares about our needs. And the image of a personal God who knows our needs can be both really comforting and it can also be troubling. There have been times in my life where the path before me was so bewildering that I wished that I could relate to God on impersonal terms. I remember telling my dad, I wish I could believe that God was an impersonal, benevolent force in the universe. Because if God knows what is going on in my situation and is doing nothing about it, that hurts all the more. But for better or worse, Jesus invites us to relate to God personally. And he invites us to to pray that God's kingdom might come. Another way to phrase that would be that we pray that God's dream for the world might come true. And then he invites us to, to ask for bread, that our basic bodily needs might be met. And so we pray, give us this day our daily bread. I don't know if you've noticed that that's a redundant phrase. Right? Give us this day our daily bread. I looked up the Greek this week, and I'd never known this before. That first, give us today, is one Greek word that we know for certain means this day. And then the second one is a different word. And that word, we're not sure what it means. The only place in the New Testament it is used is right here and in Matthew's version of the Lord's Prayer. So whenever you have that in the New Testament, you have to ask, what on earth does this word mean? And it could more likely be translated, give us today tomorrow's bread. But most translators think that doesn't make any sense. And so instead, they opt for the more familiar daily. But why would Jesus have us pray for tomorrow's bread? How might that make sense to us? Well, tomorrow's bread may refer to the heavenly banquet, that great day in the future of God's big table where everyone is welcome, where everyone is safe and fed and belongs and is loved just as they are. And so Jesus may be inviting us to ask that we might taste of God's future today. That a little bit of God's dream for the world might come true right here and now. If that's right, the parable that Jesus tells right after the Lord's Prayer supports this reading entirely. Uh, A friend goes to a neighbor in the middle of the night, asking for bread. Well, was that neighbor going to use that bread on that day? Of course not. It had been cooked, baked the day before to use tomorrow. 
And so the friend says, hey, I got a visitor who showed up in the middle of the night. I don't have anything to serve him. Can I have some of tomorrow's bread right now? And then Jesus tells us that familiar but perhaps cryptic phrase, ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be opened to you. And everyone who asks receives, whoever seeks finds, and whoever knocks the door is opened. Well, we know that whatever Jesus means by this, he doesn't mean that God will give us anything that we want. And I know because I've tested it. I didn't win the Mega Millions. (laughs) And you didn't either. I assume you didn't. But we know that, right? God is not a cosmic vending machine, a genie who grants our wishes. So what is Jesus up to here? Well, I think he's inviting us to trust that God cares deeply about our needs, absolutely. But above all else, God longs to give us God's own self. That's what God wants to give to us. And so Jesus concludes his teaching by saying, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will God give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And so by all means, tell God what you need. Pray for tomorrow's bread, but know that above all else, God wants to give us God's own self. That our life might be filled with God's life. For when we are filled with God's Spirit, then we know that no matter what happens, we are forever loved and held tightly by the God who is love. That's what God wants to give to us more than anything else. After praying with my friends on Wednesday morning that God would grant me an antler moment, the next day on Thursday, I went out to our mailbox to get the mail. And in the mailbox was a card that was hand-addressed to Sarah from the Ohio State Athletic Department. I brought it inside puzzled, particularly by the hand address, and said, what on earth is this? And she said, I don't know. Maybe they're asking for money. (laughs) Not that we've done that in the past. So she opens this card, and inside was this. Sarah, we understand that you are working hard on your knee rehab. Please know that the Buckeyes are cheering for you. God bless. Go Bucks. Jim Trussell. And Sarah started exclaiming with joy, I'm on the team. (laughs) And I hugged her and celebrated with her, and our two-year-old son, Asher, runs into the room to hug his Suddenly, happy mother, and into the room comes, I kid you not, our old dog, whose name was Trestle, (laughs) to celebrate what had happened. We had no idea how this card came to us, but at a time of our life where I needed it most, the very day after I prayed for an outlandish personal sign of God's love, This is what showed up in the mailbox. Now, I don't understand how prayer works. 
why some prayers seem to be answered while others don't, I don't have any idea. But what I do know is this. God wants to hear our prayers. Not for God's sake, but for ours. Prayer opens us to signs of God's love that are all around us, and we miss them if we don't look for them, and prayer opens our eyes that we can see the truth. The truth is this. God cares about your needs, your joys, your heartbreaks. And when you feel all alone and unseen, you are loved with an everlasting love beyond which you'll never know, the depths of which you'll never know. And that God dwells within you, and you dwell within God. And the day is coming when we will all feast together at God's big table where everyone belongs and all have enough. That is God's dream for this world. And until that day comes, we pray for the bread of tomorrow to come to us today. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Grant us the gift we need above all else, the gift of yourself. Your life in our life, our life in yours. That as we walk through our days, we might do so with the assurance that we belong to you. That there is no moment of our lives where our needs, our heartbreaks, and our joys are unknown to you. They cannot be unknown to you. For you dwell in us, and we in you. Assure our fearful hearts that we are fully known and fully loved. And open our eyes to outlandish signs of your love that we might taste tomorrow's bread today. That your dream for this world where everyone belongs and all are fed might be known here and now. So Lord, give us today tomorrow's bread. Amen.